This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Clancy Pasta presents The Moonlight Store, written by Broken Psychology. Is there something you always desire to have that you've never been able to afford? Maybe an object from a book or movie that you would give anything to call your own? What if I could tell you of a place where all these things could be found, where you could purchase everything from a cup of coffee to a copy of the Enchiridion? A place older than most civilizations and run by powers beyond our understanding. The following instructions were formed from a collection of records from people who have traveled to such a place and is a record of not only how to get there, but also some of the treasures that can be found within its vast interiors. Although it has been called many names throughout the years, most modern accounts simply refer to it as the Moonlight Store, for reasons you'll see below. Before reading any further, a word of caution. Although this place specializes in bringing people's wildest fantasies to life, it does not do this in order to make your existence better. This is a business, after all, and the one thing a business must always focus on is the bottom line. They don't want your happiness, they want your payment. To find the Moonlight Store, you must first find an appropriate building that it can inhabit. This can be done at any local chain or mom-and-pop grocer, as long as it closes before midnight. Sorry, Walmart fans, but 24-hour stores won't work. Also, the store you choose cannot be in a strip mall or shopping commons. Management hates the competition. You must be alone to enter, store policy, and you will not need to take anything with you. No electronics, flashlights, or sacrifices will be necessary to gain entry. The only thing you will need is a ride there. Although most vehicles will work, motorcycles and other bikes are not the preferred form of transportation. It's rare for anything to go wrong at the store, but if things do go south, you'll want to drive away in something with a door that locks. Arrive at the chosen destination no sooner than 11.50pm, and no later than 11.55pm. If you can't make it within that window, simply go home and try again another day. It's recommended to go to a location somewhere other than in your hometown. Bringing them any closer to where you lay your head at night isn't advised. Once there, park in any parking space you wish and kill the car. This shows them you have the intent to shop. Then, all you have to do is close your eyes and wait. See? No fancy conjuring skills or Ouija boards are required. These are businessmen, after all, so there's no point making it difficult to find. And besides, they always want to make the sale. As time passes, you will begin to feel lightheaded, and your skin may even turn cold. Some accounts even tell of whispers being heard outside their cars and with sounds like faint screams in the distance. These kinds of things are all completely normal, and the effects will pass soon. When midnight arrives, a dull light will shine through your closed eyelids. The store is now open, and it's safe to step out of the car. 
All the light from the night sky will be gone, save for the largest full moon you will have ever seen, hence the name. The only other light will be the warm glow from the fluorescence inside the building before you. The store will look similar from how it did from when you first arrived. However, you won't be able to shake the feeling that something about it is off. The paint won't be quite the same color. The logo outside might have disappeared, and the windows will display new sales banners that you hadn't seen before. Be sure to check these out before you head inside. The item you're looking for could be marked down. Once inside, you'll notice the store is larger than it appears. The interior will seem to stretch deeper into the building with longer and taller shelves the further back it goes. Though this building is not endless, many have said to get lost in its expanse. Though there will be other people in the store, you will notice that none of them are other customers. The ones there are workers, and they will all be wearing matching uniforms. This is done to make you feel more comfortable, and makes the staff seem more available to serve you. Don't be fooled, however. Others are there. You just can't see them. The products available are too numerous to list completely, so to make it easier, markers will rest above each aisle's entrance with a general description of what that respective section holds. Some sections include real-world possessions, like alarm clocks or Ferraris, while others hold fictional items, such as the Elder Wand and Pokeballs. Do note, however, that this store only deals with tangible objects, so while it can't make someone fall in love with you on its own, it can provide you with powerful love potions to use. If you're having trouble finding something, the staff is always happy to help, but be aware that although they will guide you to what you desire, they may also try to sell you something else. These are seasoned salesmen who don't like taking no for an answer, and they aren't afraid to use dirty tactics to get you to buy. However, if you're confident in your search and speak firmly to them about what you seek, they'll take you where you need to go. However, if you're seeking something that you've made up in your head, like a pill that will make you invincible, or a patch that lets you breathe underwater, be sure to go to customer service and ask to put in a custom order. They'll do everything they can to make sure you leave satisfied. After you have found what you need, if a staff member is not already with you, you will need to go to the front counter to make your purchase. Prices vary not only based on the item itself, but also on how important the item is to you. For instance, a typical cell phone should only cost you a small fee, but if you are using it to replace someone else's that you broke, the price will rise. I told you, these are seasoned salesmen, and they will read you like a book. They know exactly what you need and why you need it. Each price is made by the staff member in charge of your purchase. Some have been known to be very set on traditional prices for objects, but others, however, are always ready to haggle with a customer. These individuals can be quite understanding and will usually lower the cost, but be careful not to be too demanding. They know you need them more than they need you, and being a rude customer could put you in a dangerous situation. Prices in the past have included nightmares for a week or something low and non-consequential. Higher on the scale could cost you one month of insomnia or madness. Previous shoppers even talk about having to hear the screams of hell for one hour straight. Though it may seem like a good deal for something large, like a new house or superpowers, these people have reported hearing the screams in the backs of their minds for decades following, driving them to a certain degree of insanity. With all that said, 
If the price for an object seems too high, if that fully functioning time stopper isn't worth guaranteed death by a flesh-eating bacteria, or a clone of your friend's wife isn't worth being attacked every night by coyotes, then you are free to turn down the offer and simply walk away. They will not try to stop you or send you to a special cage in hell for refusing to buy. They will happily let you return to your car and go home. But don't think they do this out of the goodness of their hearts or because it's the honorable thing to do. They do this because they know, sooner or later, you'll be back. And when you do return, it's almost a guarantee that you will pay. There is one thing I forgot to mention. A payment acceptable for all transactions and even encouraged in some. If you can't muster up the courage to pay what is owed, or don't have the strength to endure the suffering that lay before you, you can always ask for store credit. A Faustian bargain that will guarantee you 100 years of happiness with whatever item you've purchased, free of aging, free of disease, and free of any misfortune that could come upon you. There is one catch, of course. At the end of the eluded time, they will come for you. No matter where you are, where you hide, or how much you beg, they will come for you. And trust me when I tell you that death would be preferred over what they will have in store for you. After the deal is made, there are no returns or refunds. The store will close to you, forever, and all that you will have left is time. Happy shopping. Clancy Pasta presents... The House We Lived In Recorded Memories Written by Shy Girl Turned Sassy I think I was 10 or 11 when our family moved into a three-bedroom home. We loved it at first, but as is common with creepy houses, that changed in a hurry. I think our dog noticed something weird way before we did. He would bark at an empty room, growl at dark corners, and even did the classic head tilt to sounds only he could hear. My parents rationalized for as long as they could. They tell my brother and I that he was probably reacting to sounds other dogs made that couldn't be heard by human ears. Today, I can tell that they were clutching at straws, but to ten-year-old me, it made perfect sense. Soon, the strangeness in the house made itself known to us, too. It started off with little things. For instance, my brother and I came home from school one day and saw a middle-aged woman sitting on the couch. We assumed she was mom's friend or something and said a polite hello before going off into our rooms to change. Later that day when we asked mom about her, she didn't know what we were talking about. We'd hear the cries of a baby at night coming from the guest room, sounds of conversations involving multiple people could be heard from the empty living room. One afternoon. My mom heard a male voice in the garage and assumed, at first, that it was my dad. Then she remembered that my dad was out of town. She was terrified that it was an intruder. However, a subsequent search for the said intruder, armed with a hammer to defend herself, yielded no results. The sighting that was most common was that of the lady we had seen sitting on our couch. We would often see her in the kitchen or hear her singing to herself as she tended to the garden. We were convinced that the house was haunted. It explained why it had been so ridiculously cheap. 
My parents did some research to find out if someone had ever died in the house, but as it turned out, the house had been built less than 50 years ago, and a woman in her 70s was the only person to have breathed her last there. Of all the sightings we had had, that of an old woman had not been among them. So, haunting was ruled out. My mom was able to track down the previous owners of the house. They now lived in a different part of town, and the matriarch of that family agreed to speak with her. Mom came straight to the point and asked why they had left. The lady gave the answer my mom had expected. Creepy shit. Mom probed further and asked if they had a baby. If the baby's room was the one they were using as our guest room. If she liked to sing as she worked in the kitchen and garden, etc. The lady replied in affirmatives to all of these. I think she answered all of my mom's questions so patiently, because she knew exactly what we were going through. Mom and Dad deduced that the house somehow recorded memories of the previous residents and played them back. How this was possible was, of course, beyond the comprehension of mortal minds. They decided, though none of us had been hurt, the house was just too weird and decided to move. A few months after moving to our new house, each of us began to have dreams about our experiences in the previous house. However, it wasn't just ourselves that we saw. The dreams also involved other people who were now living in the house. What's more, we could see those people looking at us and reacting to our presence, all in our dreams. We figured out that this is probably how we were now haunting our old house, even though we were alive. For my brother and I, it became a fun little game. We couldn't wait to go to bed at night and haunt those poor, unsuspecting people. Our parents told us not to relish in such mischief, but couldn't really scold us as we weren't really doing anything. Those dreams lasted about 18 months, the exact same duration of our stay in that house. Today, I can't help but wonder just how many so-called haunted houses are truly haunted by the troubled spirits of the dead, instead of houses simply recording memories and playing them for whoever now resided in them. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypastastore. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>